How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, look, we've spent a decent amount of time in recent weeks talking about why the time has come for our schools to really hold our out-of-control sports parents accountable for their obnoxious actions and verbal abuse at the kids' games. Now, this, to me would be the very first mandate if we ever had a commissioner of youth sports in this country. But of course, sadly, we don't, or at least not yet. And right alongside putting an end to parents attacking and abusing refs and umps, we also need to let moms and dads know that if they ever get in the face of their kid's coach, well, those parents need to face serious reprimands and punishments as well. Why? Because just as we continue to see the number of refs and game officials continue to dwindle, we also still continue to lose coaches for our kids' teams. That's right, more and more coaches have simply got fed up. They decided to walk away from toxic situations where too many sports parents seem to have developed some sort of sense of entitlement when it comes to the way they treat and interact with their kids' coaches. I got to tell you, every week I hear more stories of sports parents who, for whatever reason, turn their own personal frustration onto their kids' coach. And and this is what's so strange about it. These are fully adult, grown-up parents, people who should know better, but for whatever reason, can't seem to hold themselves back when it comes to getting in the face of the kid's coach. And now, we know that these parents are, for the most part, are are good and, and decent people. But again, when it comes to their child in a sporting event, 
these so-called good people seem to lose their mind. So what's the result? Pure ugliness. And it should never, ever happen. Coaches at all levels of youth and amateur sports reach a point where they say, you know what, enough is enough. And at, at this point, I want to introduce you to my guest this morning, Chris de Blasio. Now, up until a couple of months ago, Chris was the varsity boys basketball coach at Saddlebrook High School in New Jersey. He'd served as the freshman team coach for four years before being elevated to be the varsity coach. But after being accosted by not one, but two parents in two separate occasions after games this past winter, Coach de Blasio decided to resign. It's not that he doesn't love working with the kids and the team or that he was burned out. Just the opposite. Chris loves coaching, and soon after the word got out that he was leaving Saddlebrook, well, a number of other schools reached out to him to see if they would coach over at their place. Chris, as you know, Chris de Blasio is a middle school teacher and veteran high school basketball coach who has spent time at Ridgeview High School in Columbia, South Carolina, as well at Cresskill High over in New Jersey, and most recently, again, as a Saddlebrook Boys basketball head coach. And on that note, Chris, good morning. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm okay, Chris. Uh, let's start with the basics here and outline for our listeners uh, what happened this past season. Now, your team... Uh, admittedly did not have a good record. We know that. Um, but you tell me the team was fairly competitive in most of the games in which they played. Uh, did your kids play hard for you? Did there were any discipline issues? Any grousing? No, no discipline issues. Um, no, we the kids played really hard, and, and we played some really good games against uh, quality opponents that we have in our league this year. Uh, there was one, uh, Hasbro Kites is a quality team in our league, and and we actually had that we were up 10 with three minutes to go. We wound up giving up a couple of threes at the end of the game, but it was probably the best game the kids have played in three years, that game particularly, and we had a bunch of other games like that this year. Mm-hmm. So go on. Tell, tell me, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for reasons as to why parents might feel the, inclined to, to uh, take issue with uh, your coaching techniques, and apparently, you just said, the kids were competitive. The, you know, it's a public school. You can't recruit, so sometimes you're at the mercy of, of basically who sho- shows up to try out for the squad. Uh, you really can't control the level of talent. But as long as the kids play hard, that's pretty much all we can expect uh, if, from, from a, uh, you know, a high school varsity program. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, maybe the parents' frustrations are the the actual results were not what anyone would necessarily want. Um, but again, like you said, you're sort of at the mercy of what comes out and what the other teams have. And uh, like I said, we were we were way more competitive this year, but still at the point um, when these things happened, I believe we were three and eighteen at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, the results were not. What and not what I would want, not what the young men would want, not what the parents would want. Um, so maybe that's where their frustrations boiled over was because of the actual results, the tangible results not being there, the one okay. loss record. Okay, so, okay, so. When, when, you, when you played Woodbridge High School in what February sixteenth, a game you I lost so, by yeah. yeah by only eight points. So what happened? What happened to you uh, as as the coach of uh, Saddlebrook? What happened to you when you were leaving the gym floor just as a game was ending? So yeah, we we had shaken hands with the opposing uh, team, and I was talking to their coach, who I'm who I'm friends with, and then I grabbed my stuff at the bench, and I was walking out, and the Woodridge athletic director was walking a few feet in front of me, you know, just to 
security, quote unquote, you know, just to make sure nothing happened. Right. And as we got to the door of the gym, he, he had stepped out into the hallway and I didn't even see from behind my left arm was grabbed and I was spun around and it was the parent of a player on, on my team. And I recognized him right away as, as I turned and he said to me, he's got three games left in his senior season. You couldn't play him for one minute is what the parent said to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at that time, the Woodridge athletic director turned around and kind of was, you know, what is going on here? And I just pulled my arm away and kept walking. And, uh, and we walked to the locker room at which time I informed my assistant coach what happened because he was already in the locker room. Um, And then uh, leaving the gym, we, we get to the bus and the Woodridge athletic director was standing there and he apologized for not, seeing the the father coming at me and doing something about it. And I said, no, no, you were fine. You didn't, you know, you obviously didn't do anything wrong. Um, and at that time, I, I uh, text my athletic director as we were getting on the bus to let him know what happened. Okay. And so obviously the father, the father, you know, uh, look, it's not like we we can't understand the father's emotions. We understand that parents watching their kids, particularly if a kid is a senior in high school and the season is, has obviously not gone as well as they had hoped for, but that doesn't give any father the right to basically, you know, run up after the game to, to the head coach, um, you know, and grab you and turn you around and say, you know, why can't you give my kid in effect more playing time? Um, so that, that was the first incident, which obviously had to make your head sort of spin, like, wh- what is going on here? And then something else happened a few games later, I guess, on seniors night uh, back at Saddlebrook. Yeah, so that was a Wednesday night. Thursday we had practice, and we had a game Friday night, our senior night game, our last home game, a regular season home game against uh, North Arlington High School, uh-huh. another uh-huh. team in our league. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't play well. We you know, we just didn't we didn't have a good game. We we could have played a get better game, but again, that happens. It's high school sports. I understand that. Uh, the game ended, and I walked down to the end of the bench to tell my team to stand up and let's shake hands with North Arlington. And just as the handshake line was starting, a different parent comes sprinting out of the stands, sprints across the court. I wasn't sure what he was doing at first, and then he got right in my face, pointed a finger in my face and said, you're a detriment to every kid on this team, and you're a terrible coach. And between terrible and coach, there was a bad word in there, mm-hmm. which I can't say on the air. Right. Um, I- and again, the same thing. I just kind of – I didn't react to it. I finished shaking hands. I grabbed my stuff, and I walked directly out of the gym. I didn't address my team, nothing. I, I felt it best for me to remove myself from that situation. Uh, you know, and we're talking this morning with Chris de Blasio, uh, who just uh, resigned a few weeks ago as the head boys varsity basketball coach at Saddlebrook High School in New Jersey. And we're talking about parents who basically lose their minds and feel, I guess, a sense of, of entitlement uh, or just can't control their 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 personal frustrations and and as you just heard Chris talk about uh, these two incidents uh, where two different dads came out and basically got into his face after a game um, it's 
The problem is, Chris, and I, I'm sure you talk to to uh, lots of your peers uh, as coaches, this seems to become more and more the norm, where parents don't seem to have any sense of civility or a sense of decorum when it comes to saying, all right, maybe I should just, I'm angry, I'm upset as a, as a, as a parent, but I, this is not the right form to go and to confront the coach. Uh, you, this seems to be a trend that's happening all over the country, and for a lot of coaches, I think they feel like this is just par, par for the course. It's part of the job. Yeah, it seems like it. I think I think what you just said there is is uh, what you said something. You said it's not really the time and place for it, or there's a better right. forum for it to happen. Uh, you know, what's the old rule? The twenty four hour rule. The twenty four you know, hour rule. Sure. Right. I think as coaches, as parents, I think we we should all exercise that. Um, there is a proper way, right? Call call the athletic director, set up a meeting if you want, which I don't always agree with, but but I understand. But charging after a coach, grabbing a coach, getting in a coach's face after the game, immediately after the game, when when uh, spectators are around, your kids, their kids are around. I don't see what it. I don't see the positive in it. Uh, and I just to, just just to confirm this too, Chris. So uh, the fact is that. Um, uh, that when you you tell the kids or if they or parents for that matter if they want to come and talk to you to set up an appointment uh, that you 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 made yourself available correct? Yes, we our school's policy was to do it through the athletic director. They would contact the athletic director, and the athletic director would contact me, and we would discuss how we, if it was going to be a meeting just between the coaches and parent, or coaches, athletic director, and parent, depending on what the athletic director felt. You know how the level of issue that the parent had. Right, and I'm just, I'm curious, did, did, did these other parents, did they, did they take advantage of having a chance to meet with you? Uh, I had three parent meetings during the year previous to that about playing time, yeah. all about playing time, not about um, any other issues. Yeah, I, I would think that the major concern usually is playing time. That seems to be the number one thrust when it comes to issues, with, with especially with basketball, but it's obviously true of all sports. Um, now, the... The kids on your team, and you said you know they didn't have a good record, but obviously they said they played hard. Uh, you you carried what uh, thirteen kids in your squad? Yeah, about thirteen on the varsity squad. Yeah. And speaking of playing time, did you were you a coach that only played five guys, or did you play your rotation? How, how did that work out? No, uh, I, you know I'm a I'm a coach that believes, and I actually, I actually had a parent commend me on it once at Crestville High School that that one of my strengths as a coach was my flexibility and. Just finding the right five each night that gave us the best chance to win and not sticking to a set rotation. I mean, obviously you sort of have, you know, a hierarchy of players, but finding the five that would work that night, and it could be any one of eight or nine kids that mm -hmm. make up that five. Mm -hmm. uh, there were plenty of games where, uh, you know, a starter wouldn't play in the fourth quarter because he hadn't played well and someone else was playing well. So. Uh, I, I think I'm fairly non-discriminatory when it comes to playing time in that in that manner. That uh, it's very meritocracy, uh, meritocracy, and who's playing the best. Um, um, let me ask you this, fans. We're going to take calls about this because obviously this is uh, what Chris has. The Blasio has the courage as a varsity coach and as an experienced varsity coach to talk about, and, and basically he walked away from his job because this has become the norm in a lot of schools around this country, uh, especially around here as well. Um, you know, I, I, something has to be done. And, and uh, as I said, just like it's parallel to the problems we're having with 
sports parents uh, getting in the face of refs and umpires and officials. This is the same thing with coaches. Uh, I just want to add, too, friends, and, and again, we'll take your calls at 877-337-6666. Chris, what, the irony is when, you, when the word got out that you had resigned, uh, and you were going to walk away from Saddlebrook High School. W- what happened uh, in terms of the response uh, from other uh, competing school districts? Because apparently you were you got you got job offers almost right away. Uh, yeah, I, I, I let um, the coaches in our area know what had happened. The word got out very quickly, and and within days, several uh, coaches had reached out to me. And uh, asked me what my future plans were and, and if I wanted to be a part of their program. And a few athletic directors also reached out and said, you know, we'd be interested in talking to you about what, you know, your future plans are and bringing you on on staff at, at uh, one of those places. So um, I, I felt um, not vindicated the wrong word. That's a terrible word to use. I felt that, that you know, that these people understood that I was uh, a good coach in the ways of um, – preparing young men and being a mentor to them um, and that I could still provide value to other schools with, with, with them, with my role as a coach. Well, there, there's something to be said about the fact that uh, you were, your peers uh, were obviously aware of your coaching abilities and, and they obviously felt uh, once they found out that uh, you had severed ties from Saddlebrook, uh, as you said, you had several offers that come join their program. So clearly your peers uh, in other school districts, they knew of your value as a coach and as, as, a, as somebody who can work well with kids. So the fact that the, your record wasn't uh, at the top of the league's uh, standings didn't make any difference to them. They knew how good a coach you were. So as you said, it, it had to be some sense of, of um, I don't know, self-satisfaction, sense of pride. You know, it, it's something that had to make you feel good about the, your, your value and worth as a coach. Definitely, it, you know, it feels it feels nice to be wanted, right? In any in any walk of life. Yes, that's <laughs> um, true. But yeah, it sort of it, it, it said gave some merits to the fact that the record wasn't totally indicative of what I can bring as a coach to you know to the high school level. And and the same thing. And I don't well, think. And uh, I'm sorry, Rick. I don't the, think record should be the end all be all of a high school coach. Well, I think most people would agree with that. That uh, it's more about making sure that the kids, you know, have a chance to compete. They compete, hopefully, ideally, at the level of their athletic potential. But at the end, they walk away with some good memories and good feelings about what they've learned, uh, both on and off uh, the basketball court or on the field or the ice, wherever it might be. It's about life lessons. Uh, we can't control you know, how the records are going to end up. But the fact is we do want to make sure the kids walk away with lessons uh, and values that stay with them for the rest of their rest of their days. Uh, let, let me take a time out here, Chris, because I want to obviously get more into this with you. Uh, but I also want to take calls because I do think this is an issue that, unfortunately, too many too many schools, too many coaches, too many ADs, too many administrators sort of assume this is how it is in the year 2022, that if you're going to be a coach, you have to understand you, part of the job is dealing with, uh, with parents who, uh, who basically can't control themselves. And that's not the way it's supposed to be, uh, and it has to be stopped as simple as that. 877-337-6666. Talking this morning with former Saddlebrook High School varsity boys basketball coach Chris de Blasio, who, after having been confronted by not one but two different sports dads after games this past winter, he decided to to call it quits at the end of the season. And, and uh, we're taking your calls about the fact that we have to somehow find a way 
to control parents who just uh, basically lose their mind when it comes to confronting coaches after games. It, it's become, unfortunately, so routine that um, it, now people sort of expect it's going to happen. But obviously, it's, it's you know, you, you wouldn't do this with your, your, your kid's teacher in a classroom. You wouldn't run into your kid's uh, class uh, and basically confront the teacher. Uh, so why do that with a, with a coach? It's just... It doesn't make any sense, and it's not right. And, and again, we're taking your calls about this at 877-337-6666. Let's go to uh, Ed Ward over in, uh, in Jersey. Ed, good morning. Now, Ed, you have, a, you have your own connection with Saddlebrook High School. Is that correct? Yes, I am, Rick. Uh, in 1991 to 97, I was the head basketball coach there at one time. Huh, okay. So, I mean, you, you know, you have some history there with Saddlebrook. Uh, what was your experience like uh, as, as the head basketball coach there? Sure. Well, when I was there, it was my first ever head coaching position on the varsity level. Yeah. I took over a program that lost 60, was on a 66-game losing streak. Okay. And then from there, naturally, I had to rebuild the program. The first season, we only had 13 kids in the whole program. By the time I reached my fifth and sixth year, we were fortunate to be in the state tournament on a group one level. Mm-hmm. But I did have I did have my pitfalls there. Uh, uh, the principal wanted to fire me because she didn't like me. And fortunately, I had a, a board member, God rest his soul, his name Timmy O'Brien, got a copy of my evaluation from the athletic director. It was a 50-question evaluation with five being the top score and then um, four being in the next level. Well, there was a 50-question evaluation. I got 48 fives and two fours. Uh-huh. And you, usually when you do evaluations, Rick, not everyone, not everyone gets all fives. But right. to get fives and fours, that was pretty good. And fortunately, I had a, a person on that board, Paul Vico, whose son was a member of, my, was, was a member of the basketball team. So he was in my corner. And when this was brought up at the Board of Ed meeting, I was asked not to attend, but the whole basketball program was there. It was a 9-0 vote to keep me, and I was there for another four years after that. Well, so me, it, 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 but, ahead, Rick, I'm sorry. But I was saying, Ed, you know, this wasn't that long ago when you were coaching. Did you have any situation where, uh, where parents, uh, like uh, Coach de Blasio went through, where parents ran across the floor or after a game and got in your face? Has that ever happened to you there? Never had that, but I, what I did have was another board member who was disliked on the board. His son played for me was an average player, but he was a role player. Came off the bench. Right. Well, I take him, I take him out of the game because he he let on two defensive situations. He didn't do his job. I took him out. His father sits across from me, and he puts his fist up as if he's going to say he wants to punch me in the face. <laughs> so I had that situation. Oh but my you know god! What, Rick? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that that that's the truth and all that. But getting back to it, it was uh, oh, I was very happy with the situation. Besides dealing with the jerks there. Uh, because the kids played hard for me. I had a great coaching staff. Uh, the town support was great, and we had a super fan, Charlie Hostis, who was like, he was, he, he was, he was my number one fan. But um, I actually saw Chris's team uh, this year. I, I met Chris the first time in 2016. I was also the assistant basketball coach at Roundville College. Mm-hmm. And Chris came to one of our practices, which I used to do when I was a head coach. And what happened was, Chris was really taking notes, uh, asking questions with our coaches there, why we do certain things and all that. Then when I'm on the recruiting trail, trying to recruit players for round four, who do I see at a lot of games scouting? Chris de Blasio. 
Yep. He's doing the things that are important to make his team better, make himself a better coach. But he gets better, Rick. Uh, my former players called me up this year and say, hey, coach, we'd like to take you out one night. Let's go to dinner, and then we'll go to one of the Saturdays. That's just sure fine. So we go to dinner, and naturally they're roasting me of things that I did in the past. I was like, oh, this is, this is hilarious. We had a good time. Now we go to the game. We watch the game, and Chris's team competed really hard. Were they short on talent? Yes. Sometimes that's, again, you're dealt with, dealt with those cards. Right. However, what, what was appalling was we're sitting by the Saddlebrook parents. They're getting all of the officials. They're making comments about Chris as a coach. And I wanted to say something, but I didn't want to embarrass myself with my former players. There. How these parents acted. And it was a disgrace to Saddlebrook. What I don't understand was in the second incident that happened with Chris, at Saddlebrook High School on senior night, where was the AD to, to keep this person away from Mr. de Blasio, who was doing his job as a coach? And those, those are the questions we're asking. I may, I may get to much more calls, but thank you for sharing that background. Day, okay, thanks, Ed. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you, you wonder where, where the, the AD might be to protect the coaches from, from parents who, who obviously uh, want to get into, into uh, the coach's face. Let's go over to, uh, let's go to Coach Z over in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Hey, Coach, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Uh, I just wanted to say, too, I, you know, as a coach in Bergen County, which is, you know, same county and, and basically the same league as Saddlebrook, uh, right. I know Coach de Blasio very well for a few years. Before he was at Saddlebrook, uh, he did mention he was at Creskill High School, and he was an assistant coach at a powerhouse program, mm-hmm. uh, a program that actually took it to my program uh, a number of times. And the, the one thing I think that, 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 that Chris is, he is not a confrontational person. He's a great coach, and thank God he's not a confrontational person because this could have turned out to be very ugly. And Chris has coached the teams that have won. Like I said, Creskill High School was a power in Group 1 in our area. Um, then when he went to Saddlebrook, like Coach Ward just said, Chris is at every single game scouting, no matter what his team's record was. He did a great job, but parents, parents and, and people involved in, in, in who, who confront people like this, they don't care. They're, they're, they're focused on one thing. They're focused on their own kid, and uh, they, they don't know what goes, what the coach puts into it. It's the same thing that's going on with officiating. Officials are retiring. They're getting out faster. Coaches aren't going to be around for this amount of time anymore. Uh, they, they just don't want to deal with, with, you know, not only the parents, just, just the everyday nonsense. And uh, it, it's a shame because uh, people don't understand how much a coach really puts into it. And... Uh, like I said, I know Coach de Blasio, and, and he's in there for the kids. He coached that team like he could have mailed it in the second half of the year, but his team got better and better and better, and they played hard. And, and I am not surprised that a number of people reached out to him to, to, to be an assistant or be their head coach. Because, But there's got to be something done. Otherwise, we're just going to lose coaches. We're losing officials. and The, the high school sports game is going to take a major hit. Yeah, coach. I, I, um, 
I'm glad you filled on the story, and I'm glad Ed as well, because obviously Coach de Blasio goes, you know, beyond the call in terms of, you know, going out and, and scouting and researching and educating himself to become an even better coach, which the parents apparently in Saddlebrook weren't even aware of. There was no apology afterwards, no, no sort of, like, sense from, uh, you know, the school district that, oh, we're sorry, uh, you know, was to see you leave. And so I mean, it was nobody was trying to go back and say, hey, we think you should stay here. We, we don't understand why we have have these parents who are out of control. Uh, that, unfortunately, seems to be, as you said, Coach, something that, that seems to continue uh, over and over and over again, and it just drives away, as we know, not only the, the referee, referees and the umpires, it r- drives away the coaches as well. And, and it's, just, it's just a head-scratcher why we can't seem to get these parents to understand that, that you've got to behave yourself. You just can't, if you can't control yourself at the games, then don't go. It's as simple as that. Uh, Coach, uh, Coach Lee, thanks for checking in this morning. Hey, hey Chris, you. Uh, are you on? Yeah. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm you, still here. Good. Can you? Um, I'd like to take some more calls and, and ask you a few more questions. Can you stay on a little longer this morning? Uh, absolutely. Okay, we're talking with Chris de Blasio, uh, who just resigned a few weeks ago as the head coach of the boys' basketball team at Saddlebrook High School um, because two parents, two different parents, got in his face on two different occasions, and he said, enough's enough. I'm not going to do this anymore. And now he's been, as you just heard, uh, you know, he's been approached by other schools, and he's going to be over at Waldwick High School uh, working with their uh, basketball program. Okay, I want to take more of your calls as well, get more comments about this, because it has to stop. This is just nuts. Eight Seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 337 Just a reminder, if you happen to miss one of my shows, you can always find it on my website at askcoachwolf.com. You can get a replay there. You just go uh, to my blog on askcoachwolf.com, or you can always go to wfan.com and find the link for Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. And with Twitter, you can always get a, a sneak preview of the next show's topic by following me on Twitter at askcoachwolf. And before I forget, of course, today is Mother's Day. And friends, I think we all need to take a moment to really salute and thank our moms for all the amazing things they do for our kids. And quite frankly, for the strength and stamina that they show and, and, and give our kids on our daily basis. Please be sure to remind your children to thank their mom for being who she is on this very special day. Now, returning to today's topic, we're talking with Chris de Blasio. And, and Chris, you know, I, I was thinking about this. Is I, I'm, I, again, I'm trying to envision what happened with these two dads and came after you after these games. You know, there was a time where I think that people would be just embarrassed uh, by letting, letting their emotions get the most of them. Uh, but there was no such... This didn't happen in either case, right? The, you didn't hear back from either of the dads uh, to apologize or for their for their outburst, correct? No, nothing happened, right? No, I heard from neither of the parents. Uh, the parent, the first um, parent that happened uh, at Woodridge. Again, we had a game two nights later, and it was senior night. And all that happened was when he, when him and his wife came out to meet their son, who was a senior. I just shook their hands, and that was it. I mean, there was no interaction besides that, besides a formal handshake. Jeez. I mean, I, you know, this is just uh, very, very uh, disappointing. And, and the athletic director, I mean, obviously, uh, and I've said on the air many times, I think the toughest job in the world is being a high school athletic director because uh, everybody wants a piece of you. Uh, the AD, did he, was any support to you all? Was he sympathetic? Uh, how, how did he handle all this? 
Uh, I had a brief conversation with him the morning after the second incident in which I informed him that I was resigning immediately and that I wouldn't be coaching the rest of the year. And um, it was it was very brief. Uh, he, you know, he just asked if there was anything he could do. And I basically said, no, not really. And that was it. And that's the last interaction I've had with anyone from that school. Jeez, that's, that's so, again, it's just it's just sad and disappointing. Uh, all right, let's get back to our calls this morning. Let's go to let's go next to, uh, to Ralph over in Manhattan. Hey, Ralph, good morning. You're on the fan. Ralph, are you there? Oh, maybe we lost Ralph. Let's, uh, well, in that case, let's go to uh, Jack uh, Smithland over in Fairlawn. Hey, Jack, good morning. Uh, now, Jack, I, I know that uh, from your long coaching uh, career that uh, we've touched upon this. You've told the story about the fact that you've had one parent actually had a death threat uh, lodged against you, correct? Oh, yeah. And, Chris, first of all, I don't think we've ever met. Um, I coached at Fairlawn, Woodridge, and Park Ridge, and we many times have come up against Saddlebrook, um, which always seemed to have class coaches. And, you know, like anything else, the parents are just kind of outrageous. But, yeah, Rick, that is a true story. I, uh, I had a situation years ago, Chris, that um, I had a pitcher that was uh, kind of my second, my second string pitcher. And my, my varsity, my number one pitcher had graduated, and I gave this kid uh, a, a true warning that she needed to work. We had a couple kids coming up in the into the ranks the following year, a freshman pitcher that was actually a very, very good pitcher, a club pitcher. Um, and, you know, I said to her, keep working all summer and, you know, get out there and, and exercise and be ready for next season. And, you know, whether she took my advice or not, it, it didn't seem like it. And, um, you know, I gave the, I gave the, I gave the, the varsity pitcher, not the freshman pitcher, every opportunity to win a position. And, you know, the writing was on the wall. Everybody could see it. And, you know, finally, about two or three games into the season, I sat this, uh, this, uh, upperclassman down and, you know, uh, we went about our business. I mean, I heard, you know, rumbles in the, in the stands from her dad and her, possibly even her mom at times, but mostly her dad. And then one day I get a call from the principal, come on into the office. Um, we need to see you before practice today. I get in there and there's two policemen in there. Both knew me as coach. Um, how you doing? Good. They handed me a letter. I opened up the letter and it was actually cut out letters from the newspaper saying that I would die before my next birthday. I laughed at it. I thought it was a joke. I walked away from it. You know, about two or three weeks later, I get another letter that said my family would die. And they were cut out letters from newspapers, the same way you would see on, on, a, on a mystery or, you know, a, a police mystery on, on TV. And I was, uh, you know, and the policeman who was a good friend of mine who knew me very well, in fact, I had coached him when he was a kid, said to me, Jack, you got to really take this seriously. Well, they put a policeman on me for the rest of the season, walking me back and forth to practice every game. And what they did is they took an undercover cop, policeman, they put him on the recycling truck, and I told him who I thought it could possibly be, and I knew who it was. And it was the father of this pitcher. And they got him, they brought his newspapers back to the police station, and there it was. That all the letters were cut out of the newspaper. So, you know, I didn't press charges. And the reason I didn't press charges is because I knew this father. I thought he was, in my opinion, a wimp, a coward, and, you know, never voiced his opinion to me straight to my face. 
And um, I never, like I said, I had the opportunity to bring charges against this guy, and I didn't because I didn't want to embarrass his daughter. And I had a confrontation with him about a month after the season, and I confronted him. And uh, he actually was following me one night in his van. And I was walking my dog. And I turned around, I put the dog's leash over the fire hydrant, walked back at him, knocked on his window, and told him, if you want to handle this, let's get out and handle this right now. Never heard from the man again. In fact, from what I gather, and I'm not positive about this, I believe his wife realized what happened and left him later on. But, you know, these incidents are going to happen no matter where you go, Chris. And I understand what you did, and, you know, I commend you for for walking away from a problem that probably would have, you know, continued with this person uh, until his son uh, left the program. And then there'd be other parents right behind them that didn't like. One of the things that I did at Park Ridge, Chris, is I had a contract. And my contract said, number one, don't ever talk to me about playing time. That's my decision. And you, don't ever uh, Jack, just to... Just to... Just, just to let the listeners know, you had a contract with the parents, uh, with, with you know, before the season started, that you know you have to sign this as the as the mom or dad of your kid in the team. They don't ever bother me about your kid's playing time. Correct? Exactly. Yeah, I, I tell you, the story you just told. Again, this is about uh, high school softball, and yet, uh, as you said, it got to the point where the police said to you, Coach, you got to take this seriously because you just don't know about people. And, and again, <laughs> this, this this conversation we're having with you, we're having with the other callers, we're having with Chris de Blasio, this is the world now of, of, of coaching uh, at the high school level because the parents, some for some reason, seem to just don't have an ability to, to, you know, to rein themselves in. It's just weird. And, yeah, we always know there were a couple of uh, screwballs out there, but this is, as I said, become so commonplace. It's just, uh, it's just very, very sad and very disappointing. Uh, and, and, Jack, thank you, as always, for the call. Chris, what, what's, what's a good point here that I want to make as well is that, you know, the kids, are, we haven't talked about the kids, the impact on the, on the players, the athletes, but I gather the kids on your basketball team, they, they were sort of either not aware of this or they didn't say anything to you. They didn't, they didn't know how to react. I'm sure the same as Jack Smith and just met, said with, you know, his, the player, the softball player, you know, he didn't want to have any effect upon her. So she wasn't involved. But again, did you hear from any of the kids or were they, were they, were they sorry to see you go? They reached out at all? Well, unfortunately, I have not heard from any of the kids. There's partial reason for that, and and I agree with Jack. Like, what what's the effect on the kids? Like, yes. what is you know yes. what the parents saw the kids saw their parents doing this? What do they think? Um, the way we contacted uh, my kids because I was not working in the school district, we were not allowed to use cell phones to text our kids or have our kids' numbers, which I think is a great rule, by the way. Yep. Um, we did everything through Google Classroom and through the through the Google apps. Um, and my email was disabled by Monday morning. Uh, my Google account was disabled from Saddlebrook, so the kids had no way to get in touch with me. Got it. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Although it is a little, you know, well, that's probably the school district policy that shut down the email account uh, as soon as you leave. So right. Um, we we talked briefly, Rick. I just wanted to say one thing. We talked briefly earlier this week, and we were talking about like uh, something to safeguard the coaches from the parents and. And Rick talks about having a contract. I think that should be a, a standard thing that the school should have. But then also maybe we need to get to the point where um, the crowd or the the, uh, the spectators are not allowed to go anywhere until the teams have left the court. 
that's an interesting idea. And again, uh, because we are looking for solutions, and that would be make sense so that uh, there, you know, there's the, uh, the local there's, uh, people who are in charge of security or the AD or whoever's there from the, the height from the host school make sure that the kids leave the court uh, or leave the field, whatever it is, before anybody can leave the, the gym. Uh, you know, I, I, that's an interesting thought. I, I would tell you, Chris, I, I've always been a big believer if a parent knows that deep down inside that they just, they just can't control their outbursts, then, you know, before the game begins, uh, they can certainly hang out uh, in the stands and be social with the other parents and, you know, their spouse, whatever. But just before the game begins, I would strongly urge any parent who knows that they have difficult times in, 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 in trying to control themselves, then basically to go down uh, as far away from the the. the the playing field or the court, whatever it might be, just basically put some real distance uh, between themselves and, and the action so that uh, they're not going to be in a situation where they're going to start to yell things or say things uh, in the stands that's going to be obnoxious or, or hurt other, other parents' feelings uh, about their kids. But more importantly, the, the parent goes so far away from the action that they can just basically grouse and grumble to themselves uh, because they know they have a difficult time trying to keep their emotions in check. And I think that's, that is probably something – I know a lot of parents do that already – and I don't have a problem with that. I think it's it's smart because they just know that it, they just have a very low boiling point, and nothing good can ever take place by you know running out of the stands and getting in the coach's face or, or whatever. And as you said, it has an impact on, on the on the athlete as well. You know that that's a real problem. Simple as that. So let's uh let's try to get another call in real quick if we can here. Let's go to uh let's go to uh, uh Rob uh, in uh, Lake Success. Rob, you still there? Yes, I am, Rick. First of all, you know, this is no reflection on you, uh, Coach Chris. Uh, this is, you know, I listen to Coach Z and, and Jack telling his story. I mean, you're a class act, the fact that you, you, you're not a confrontational guy. You know, I was thinking about a few things. It reminds me of the movie Hoosiers years ago. I mean, you know, and, and I understand that's a movie and how the coaches, you know, the, the, the parents wanted to get rid of Gene Hackman. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny how a movie was made you know, 30 years ago and it's portraying the 1950s. And it's sad that you have to, have, you know, have to have gone through this because obviously you're a great coach. You, you know, listening to, you know, Coach Z talking about your, your history as running great programs, it's not you. And that's the most important thing. And we're having problems in all, all things with officiating. My thought is this. I was a, a, P, a phys ed teacher 100 years ago, and I remember um, we had open school night. Okay, now this was in the school that I taught, obviously. You're going out of your school district, so it's a little different when you really don't know the AD, if you, you know, as well as you might know the AD in your, your particular school district that you're teaching. But we had open school night where the parents actually came in, met all the teachers, and we had the curriculum set up, and if they had any questions, they can, you know, go ahead and ask us. As well as even when I was putting my daughter through school in the grading school district, we had open school night where the parents would meet the teachers, like I'm talking about when I was teaching, but the opposite rule, and the teachers would explain what we expect of the students, and if you have any questions, here's our email. You can always reach me anytime. Is this something that should be done going forward to prevent this from happening? On the sports level, because it's really the same thing, whether it's a classroom with the kids, you know, meeting, the, you know, with the parents and classroom teaching versus sports. I want to hear your thoughts on that, and always a great show, Rick. Thanks, Rob. Good to talk to you. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think what, that's kind of what I was saying before. I think there should definitely be a parent meeting 
for every sport. I think it's something, you know, maybe you do it by season because I think the athletic director and the principal and the coaches should all be there. And, and like, I, like Rick had had a contract with, with the parents, maybe we need to, as you were saying, if there was a, uh, what did you put, a commissioner of youth sports in the country. Right. Uh, maybe the ADs in a particular area need to get together and say, listen, we're all going to do this. We're going to have, make it mandatory to have a parent meeting. The parents have to show up. The parents have to sign this contract in order for their child to play. Yeah, I, I think so that all the expectations come. are completely outlined. Yeah, I, I think that has to be, and again, I, we, we should acknowledge that a lot of schools already do this, uh, but unfortunately, it's sort of become sort of a pro forma, and the parent just signs their name and basically just sort of you know, forgets about it. But until this time comes where some parent uh, does uh, cross the line and does something that embarrasses or, you know, the school embarrasses the, um, the coach, uh, and, and that point, you just can't give the, co- the parent a slap on the wrist. It has to be, boom, you're going to have to do something to just say, look, you've crossed the line, and now you're going to pay the price. Uh, and whatever that punishment may be, it has to be very, very stiff and very severe in the hope that it is observed and deters other parents from, from being nuts as well. Chris, we're out of time, but I, I thank you for having the, the, the guts and the courage to come in on the show this morning to, to tell your story. And obviously, uh, from all accounts, you're a terrific coach and continued success over at Waldwick High School. Chris de Blasio, my thanks again. And that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks, as always, to the Zoo Man. Uh, the Moose is up next. Happy Mother's Day. I'll see you next Sunday right here on Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.